Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Nice to have you along. Uh, we're only doing once a week so far on Tuesdays to kind of give you uh, caught up on the weekend before and give you a, kind of an idea of what's going on news-wise in world football. More leagues are starting to st start back up after the pandemic, so this is good news. World football is starting to get back into the swing of things. However, we still haven't heard anything about qualifications for like World Cup uh, we still have a couple of tournaments down in South America that are on hold still because of the pandemic down there. South American countries being hit very hard, especially Brazil, and our hearts go out to those people down there. Uh, other countries in uh, South America being hit hard, like Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia. And so uh, things are just very, very uh, kind of uh, chaotic at the moment down there uh, with football kind of taking a back uh, burner, if you can imagine that, in those countries. However, over in Europe and over in uh, other parts of the world, uh, the leagues are starting up. And some good news uh, coming out here in the last week or so, uh, the Portuguese League, which is a good league there in Portugal, of uh, some great uh, talent there, that's going to be starting back up this week on June the 3rd. Uh, as I said, some great talent there, some good teams, good competition. The way the standings in the Portuguese League stand right now uh, Porto is in first place, followed very closely by Benfica, and then Sporting Braga is right on the heels of those two teams. So those are the top three in the Portuguese league. Again, they'll be starting again this um, this week on June the 3rd, and so that will be something to look out for, and I'm, I think they're going to be uh, doubling up maybe some games to try and get that league finished with by maybe the end of June, middle part of July. Uh, other news coming out of Europe, La Liga in Spain starting on June the 11th. Now, again, we've talked about some rivalries uh, in the past. Uh, of course, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had Hertha Berlin and Union Berlin playing at the Hertha Berlin Stadium. Uh, and, of course, it was empty, no fans, but still it's a rivalry that's now beginning to take uh, some precedence uh, as the years move on and uh, the leagues move on. But, you know, Spain has got some rivalries, too. Uh, with their league, of course, you've got Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. You've got Real Madrid and Barcelona. You've got uh, Barcelona and Espanyol, who play, uh, play there in Barca. But uh, they've also got another rivalry that's uh, kind of people uh, take note of for sure, and that's Sevilla and Real Betis, both playing there in the lovely city of Sevilla there in southern Spain. And that's going to be the first game La Liga is going to start off with here on June the 11th. Uh, it'll be on Gold TV. That's uh, June the 11th, Sevilla and Real Betis to get La Liga back up and running again over there in Spain. Now, the EPL says they're going to start on June the 17th. And the way I understand it, the EPL is going to have an interesting schedule. And if you're a soccer fanatic or a soccer addict, I consider myself between a fanatic and an addict, um, you're going to have some games to watch, trust me, because the way they're planning it right now, on Saturdays and Sundays, beginning June 17th, you're going to have five games each day. Okay, that's 10 games every weekend, back to back to back to back to back on TV. Mm -hmm, that's right, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time, which would be 6 a.m. Central time. And you're going to have games all day, uh, probably up around till noontime um, in the United States. And that's EPL beginning June 17th. Nothing confirmed yet, but that was the latest I've heard. And hopefully that'll happen. And my goodness, everybody's going to be in soccer heaven if that happens, right? Now, uh, further south, down there on the Mediterranean, Serie A. Uh, in Italy, is going to start up on June the 20th. So happy to hear this. 
course, we all know that Italy was the hardest country hit at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, a lot of people lost their lives. It's a very sad situation. Hopefully, Milan has recovered because they were the epicenter there for a while. Hopefully, Rome wasn't uh, too bad. But again, my heart goes out to everybody who was affected in Italy. Um, just a, a very sad situation. But it's good to see that soccer is going to be starting back up in Italy. That's on June the 20th, Serie A. Of course, now these games will not have fans in the stands, which is really sad because that adds to the atmosphere of each game. But at least we're going to have live football going on around the world and in these major leagues. So it's a really exciting news. Uh, I'm looking forward to Serie A starting back up. They had a good race going there with Rome uh, and uh, Juventus up there in the in the top five in the uh, Serie A. So we'll see how that all plays out. Again, Serie A June 20th, EPL June 17th, with hopefully five games on each day, Saturday and Sunday, till the season's over. Uh, Portuguese League starting back up on June the 3rd. And then the neighbors, Spain, starting back up on June the 11th with the Sevilla-Real Betis uh, showdown, which will be in, uh, I think, in Sevilla Stadium. Again, no fans, but my goodness, uh, what a great way to start off La Liga, right? So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. Starting to get exciting. We will, of course, have scores for you uh, each Tuesday here on Kicks and Dribbles. Now, the Bundesliga has been going on. Uh, we've had some games being played. Of course, they're starting to put games now in the middle of the week. And I'm noticing that uh, the teams are, are doing fairly well, but there are a lot of goals being scored in these games. And that's partially because of the, uh, the break that everybody had because of the pandemic situation. So let's look at the scores from the past week. Now, on Wednesday, we had a full slate of uh, Bundesliga games. Uh, Hertha Berlin was on the road to Leipzig, and that game ended in a 2-2 draw. Augsburg hosted Powderborn. Of course, Powderborn has been bringing up the rear of the Bundesliga table for a while, and they just can't seem to make any progress. Uh, Powderborn got a 0-0 draw on the road, so that was a point in the standings for them at least. Uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf hosted Schalke, and that was a 2-1 win for Dusseldorf. And then Cologne went to Hoffenheim, but Hoffenheim was good at their home stadium, 3-1. Union Berlin hosted Mainz. Of course, they didn't have the atmosphere going at Union Berlin that they usually have. And Union Berlin was able to hold a 1-1 tie with Mainz. And then on Friday... Uh, Bayern Leverkusen traveled over to Freiburg. That was a 1-0 win for the uh, road team, Bayern Leverkusen. So they get three points on the road in that game. Now, this past Saturday, uh, they all started back up once again after a couple days rest. Eintracht Frankfurt went to Wolfsburg and came away with a 2-1 win on the road. It was Augsburg traveling to Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin uh, has had a really good run since the pandemic started. They have not lost yet. Uh, they have had one tie. And they scored about nine goals in four games. So Hertha Berlin wins that game 2-0. And they have moved up in the standings, as you'll see in a few minutes when we go over that, uh, uh, that uh, Bundesliga table uh, very closely. Uh, also, we had uh, Hoffenheim um, shutting out Mainz on the road 1-0. We had Werder Bremen shutting out Schalke on the road 1-0. And we also had Bayern Munich, who was at home against Fortuna Dusseldorf, who's having a struggle this year. And uh, the score reflected that as Bayern Munich uh, took care of Fortuna Dusseldorf in, in good fashion, 5-0. Then on Sunday, uh, we had Borussia, Borussia Dortmund went over to Powderborn. And boy, this was a mismatch of, uh, of, big, of big size because Dortmund's having a very good year. Uh, they're about middle of the table. Of course, Powderborn down at the bottom. And uh, Borussia Dortmund came away with a 6-1 victory there at Powderborn. 
Uh, Union Berlin traveled to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Obviously didn't like the uh, surroundings over there, even though the stadium was empty. Mönchengladbach coming away with a very convincing 4-1 to win in that game. Now, checking the, uh, checking the uh, standings in the Bundesliga at this point, we've got about five uh, weekends left before the season ends in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich ahead 67 points. Dortmund, which was behind them at one point by three points, now behind by seven. They're at 60. Then Leipzig is at 58. Mönchengladbach at 56. And Leverkusen at 56. So those top five teams have got sort of a race going. But between fifth and first place, you've got a, you've got a difference of uh, 11 points, which is kind of difficult to make up at this point unless Leverkusen goes on an absolute tear and Bayern Munich implodes, which I don't see happening. But Bayern Munich, uh, 67 points right now, leading the Bundesliga. Let's look at the other teams and see where they fall into play. Now, in sixth place, there's a big gap between uh, fifth place and sixth place. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's 14 points. So you remember Bayern Leverkusen had 56 points in fifth place. Now Wolfsburg comes up in sixth place at 42 points, and then tied with them is Hoffenheim. Then three points back, you got two other teams, Freiburg and Hertha Berlin. Because Hertha Berlin has started off uh, since the pandemic with no losses and has uh, scored some goals, they now find themselves in ninth place in the table. At one time, they were down around 15th. So they have made a big jump since the uh, pandemic break has uh, been over. Schalke is right behind Hertha Berlin at 37, then Cologne at 34. Eintracht Frankfurt is at 32 points. Augsburg at 31, along with Union Berlin. And Union Berlin has started out the pandemic uh, sort of kind of iffy at this point, and they need to kind of right the ship a little bit if they want to stay in the Bundesliga and not get relegated back. Uh, Would love to see them stay in the Bundesliga to keep that Union Berlin-Hertha Berlin rivalry going because it's really uh, developing. And so hopefully they can get a couple of wins coming down the stretch and keep themselves up in the Bundesliga. Right now they're at 31st, uh, they're in uh, 31 points and they need to keep that position and move up a little bit because they're very, very close to the relegation zone. Mainz is just three points back of Union Berlin at 28, then Dusseldorf at 27, then in the bottom, the last two, Werder Bremen at 25, and Paderborn, as we told you, is at 19. Paderborn, of course, having a very, um, unfortunately, very weak year, and uh, I just I just hope that maybe they can get some points and maybe climb back out, but it doesn't look good at this point. Paderborn does not have the payroll or the players to really compete and get up into the middle of the table of the Bundesliga. And maybe a year back in uh, Bundesliga 2 would help them as far as maybe getting their uh, their uh, acting gear. We'll see how that works out. Let's look at some news now from around world soccer. Um, you know, the Argentinian Mauro Icardi, a uh, guy is really good. He was signed to a four-year contract with PSG. And then PSG loaned him to Inter Milan. Now, we're not talking about just two teams, you know, willy-nilly loaning a player. We're talking about two teams who are upper echelon, loaning out a guy who is um, an Argentinian uh, star. Um, He's very good with the national team. And Icardi has shown himself uh, with uh, Inter, um, or rather with PSG, uh, in in his uh, French league play. So Inter Milan's got Icardi at PSG. The transfer fee was 50 million euros. Um, he's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, signed to a permanent contract with PSG. So Inter Milan is willing to give up his, their rights to him. Uh, you know, now Edison Cavani was playing with PSG, 
And uh, his contract is up on June the 30th. And apparently Cavani is not going to be offered a new contract by PSG. Um, PSG has liked going to Cavani. He's been somebody that they can count on to score when they need it. And uh, Cavani is a good player. But apparently uh, there was some conflict there between the coach and Cavani and Cavani and upper management. And so it just didn't work out. There was no harmony involved. So uh, he will not be offered a new contract. And I tell you what, if you can replace a Cavani with a Icardi, (laughs) you're doing pretty good. So it's a $50 million transfer fee uh, from Inter Milan to PSG. Icardi has got a four-year contract with the French team. Uh, We'll see how this all plays out. Uh, Should help PSG, should help keep them up on top of Ligue 1. Very good. Moving on, uh, Philippe Coutinho. Now, he's that guy at Bayern Munich. He's the uh, Argent, uh, the uh, Brazilian, rather, at, Argent, at uh, Bayern Munich. And he was on loan from Barca. So, again, we have two upper-level echelon teams uh, moving players around. And when you move from Bayern Munich to Barca or Barca to Bayern Munich, uh, you know, you're not just any soccer player. You're somebody who is in the upper, upper echelon of world soccer. Okay, so we got Cortinho at Bayern Munich, and he's on loan from Barcelona there. Uh, Barcelona, or Bayern Munich, rather, is not going to take the permanent buy option on him. Uh, so his future with Barcelona is now in doubt. Um, several EPL teams have stepped up and say they're interested in Coutinho. And I would see him fitting very well with a team like Chelsea, even Man City, or even uh, maybe even a team like uh, Everton or possibly Newcastle. Uh, Coutinho is a good player. He's smart. He knows how to move the ball. He knows what to do with it when he gets it. And so I would think he would be a very uh, good catch for for those teams there. So EPL teams interested in Coutinho. See if he'll change his address here over the summer. Now, let's talk about a team for a minute in the EPL that nobody really talks about, but yet they've had a very good run of it until the pandemic hit. And that was Burnley. Burnley was having a good uh, season. They were in the middle of the table. I was really kind of surprised at the level they were playing at. But the, watching them play, they moved the ball smartly. They knew how to get the ball through the midfield to the attackers. And Burnley was just a very heady team, and I liked the way they were playing. Well, part of that uh, part of that success that Burnley was having was due to Jeff Hendrick, now, a very smart guy, a good midfielder, and he's drawing from serious attention from, <laughs> guess who, AC Milan. Yeah, AC Milan, of course, another one of the upper echelon teams in world football. And if you get uh, attention from AC Milan – and you're playing in the EPL for a team that's not really known, then you're obviously doing something very, very right. And so I hope that Hendrick maybe gets a good, serious look uh, from AC Milan. I like to see guys who are on mid-level teams. And when I say mid-level, I mean a team that's not getting a whole lot of recognition, but maybe is in uh, these top-flight uh, leagues. And uh, they're getting a good look at the, from these uh, teams down there in other parts of Europe. And AC Milan is a great team to play for. They're, they've got the bankroll, and they'll take good care of you. So uh, Hendrick, uh, being looked at by AC Milan, we'll see if uh, he's got a new address come the fall. He has no contract when it comes to the summer. His uh, contract has not been renewed at Burnley, so he is uh, there for the taking and probably a very cheap price for AC Milan. And you can always use a good attacking midfielder who knows what to do with the ball when they get it. Uh, so, hey, good luck to Jeff Hendrick from a, from a Burnley. Hopefully he'll get uh, some good reviews and give a good contract from AC Milan if that pans out. 
So once again, you know, we've got a lot going on in world football. We've still got World Cup qualifications that need to be figured out. We've still got some African competitions that need to be figured out. I was seeing on the schedule that coming up this week, we had a whole bunch of games that were supposed to be scheduled for Asian World Cup qualifying. Those games are being canceled, uh, rather postponed. So who knows when they'll make those up. But we've still got a lot of games, a lot of teams that still need to play each other to get these competitions uh, up to date. So uh, when it comes to World Cup qualifying, I don't know how they're going to do this because uh, 2022 is going to be here before you know it. And uh, Qatar is going to be waiting for us with, what, five new stadiums. So these teams need to get together, need to figure out how to get these qualifications done. I'm really interested to see what the United States is going to do because you've got uh, some teams there that uh, are and uh, that some teams that are, need to you know, get the guys to the uh, World Cup camp for the United States and get them uh, trained up and get them working. Uh, CONCACAF is going to be a tough uh, league. Uh, Mexico is always tough. Jamaica is tough. Uh, I look for Panama and Costa Rica to make some inroads uh, into the CONCACAF qualifying for the World Cup. Um, this is going to be a tough situation. So hopefully the United States can get their players ready. Um, some of the guys are playing in the Bundesliga and they're having some success. They're getting some good playing time. Hopefully that will translate into some good results for the United States national team when it comes up to World Cup qualifying. Again, a whole bunch of Asian uh, games were uh, canceled this week, and hopefully they'll be uh, scheduled here in the next month or so. We've got a whole bunch of European qualifying uh, that's got to be done, along with we still got UEFA Euro qualification still going on with the teams from the different uh, countries. So a lot to be uh, done, a lot to be caught up on. I know it's a slow process, but it's got to be done, and uh, hopefully you uh, FIFA's on top of all this with uh, with scheduling, and hopefully uh, the one the thing I'm worried about is Africa, because Africa has not even started their African Cup of Nations or their African um, Nations qualifying yet, and uh, now they've got to get the World Cup qualifying with the African uh, teams, get them in different groups. Uh, that's a, a very long and uh, drawn out round robin process, and they may have to bunch those games right together which is going to you know, wear down on the players. So these teams are going to have to be physically ready, physically set to get out there and play. Again, World Cup qualifications going to be coming up soon, and peace, uh, teams need to be ready. And I hope the schedules are going to be uh, generous and kind to them because it's going to be a rough stretch here for the next year and a half or so. Very good. That's going to do it for Kicks and Dribbles. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Dan McClay. Lauren McClay is the producer of Ticks and Dribbles. She does a great job. Uh, John Dang handles the sound, makes sure that we all sound good here on the uh, on the air. And then a DC McClay is in our ideas department and always passes down some good stuff to look at uh, as the time goes on. Again, world football is up and running. Uh, it's starting to get up there again. Uh, just repeating, uh, EPL starts up June 17th, Serie A June 20th, La Liga June the 11th with Sevilla Real Betis Derby, as they would call it. And then the Portuguese League starts on June the 3rd this week with uh, with it, with one game uh, scheduled for Thursday. Porto, Benfica, and Sporting Braga, the top three of the Portuguese League. Thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, please social distance while we're uh, dealing with our friends, and whatever you do, try not to get too many yellow cards. <laughs>